Welcome to Planet Logic and Political Pursuits, the podcast. This is a joint presentation. Today's episode, School Choice and the Bellstocracy. Uh, Lou Ann Anderson, of course, is the purveyor of Political Pursuits, the, broadca- the podcast. I'm Lynn Woolley of Planet Logic, and we like to get together and talk politics. School Choice Luann is the big issue in Texas right now. And it's interesting uh, that Bell County, Texas, where we happen to be, has become almost the center point, the focus, not only just in Texas, but in the entire United States for the issue of school choice, because you have an entrenched incumbent who is decidedly not on Governor Greg Abbott's side on this. And you have a very attractive young housewife, mother, who has come along, and she is very much for school choice, and it's it's been a battle. Indeed, it's been a battle, and it, it keeps intensifying almost on a daily basis, even as we're here three days out from the, from the election. I think that what we are finding, especially in a county like Bell County, which is kind of in its teenage years, I would say right now, it's very rapidly growing to becoming a more mature county, a more urban ca- county, where in the past it's been certainly had some some developments between Colleen and Temple and even now Belton. But as Austin is approaching, we are seeing more growth. We're seeing more businesses come in. The demographic the culture of the county is changing. And so this particular race is almost becoming not only about school choice pro versus con, but it's also about, as you said, an entrenched incumbent, someone who has deeper ties to the community versus someone who is a relative. I almost was going to use the word newcomer, but no, I'm sure some campaign would then claim that I'm also have just revealed that she's here illegally, which is not the case. So newcomer isn't the correct word. Well, we, we're, we're she is a new. She is a relatively new resident compared to people who have been here for decades. Well, that's true, and you know, it it, it just amazes me that uh, you talk about these demographics and the shift there, and the way that the county has changed. Uh, it's it, it. I'd say it's pretty much an urban county already with a population. That, uh, approaching a half a million people. And uh, this has become the bellwether issue. I mean, the nation is looking at this race. As we speak in today's or the latest edition of the Wall Street Journal, there's an op-ed by Governor Greg Abbott who is talking about this. Hillary Hickland is mentioned in this. Uh, she's the challenger to the longtime entrenched incumbent Hugh Shine. And, you know, for a long, long, long time, uh, Hugh Shine has just been elect, repeat, elect, repeat. And never had a serious challenger. And that's one of the dynamics of this race. That is why the, as I fondly refer to them, the bellstocracy is so angry because they are unused to being challenged and especially being challenged by such a formidable opponent, a formidable opponent who also has garnered the attention of many leaders, not only throughout the state of Texas, but also was able to secure the endorsement of one former President Donald J. Trump earlier this week. Well, Hicklin has got all the big endorsements, but on the other hand, the powers that be, let me see if I can get this word right, the Bellstocracy. Ah, there you got it. They've got Hugh Shine uh, in their camp. 
and you know it's it, it's it, it it gets to a point where a politician is working for and i'm not accusing Hugh of this you can make up your mind Hugh shine of course is the incumbent you can make up your own mind but when the when the bell stockracy or the travis stockracy or the dallas stockracy or whatever it happens to be can pick up the phone and speed dial because the 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 representatives are in the phone it's easy to do hey i need you to support this bill or i need you to introduce that bill or whatever and he says yes sir the people don't really seem to have a voice at that point, and I, th- I think that's what bothers a lot of people. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm, I mean, I found, I found it it's so humorous, and I actually was a little bit stunned that our local uh, newspaper, when Shine announced his re-election campaign, the second paragraph of his re-election story um, well, in fact, the headline was Shine announces re-election bid for District 55 as Temple Belton leaders show support. The article featured a front page picture of Shine with local billionaire businessman Drayton McLean. You know, and so that was certainly a nod to him being on the hometown oligarch team. But the second paragraph of the article went on to say approximately 100 Bell County residents, including a plethora of local leaders from the cities of Temple and Belton and school officials from the Temple and Belton Independent School Districts, were in attendance to show their support, many of whom shared handshakes, hugs, and laughs as they reconnected. All right, two guys I like a lot here. Drayton McLean I've worked with for years on Children's Miracle Network. Think very highly of him. He's a billionaire who doesn't... uh, hoard all of his money. He gives a lot of it away. Everything. Uh, there's a lot of things with his name on it, the children's hospital, so on and so Does forth. Does he have dark money? I've heard a lot of those those billionaires have dark money. I don't, I honestly don't even know what dark money is. <laughs> you will have to explain that. But there's another guy uh, out there too that has uh, come forward who's very well known and his name is Greg Abbott. And he's the governor of the state of Texas, and he made school choice his priority. So I just want to—I just want to make sure people understand. I'm not in this to demean anybody. I think the the ads have been disgusting. Hughes, especially, I have to say it. His his consultant should be fired for being a despicable human being. On the other hand, what made me not want to vote for the incumbent is a single issue. I don't know that I have a lot of problems with Hugh Shine's border policies or things like that. I, I don't know. I mean, but what what bothers me is that we are in a paradigm, if I can use that word, in the United States of America with our schools. They are not a positive force. Our schools are run across the country from California to, to Maine. Our schools are run by the Democrat Party. The superintendents are Democrats. The school boards are Democrats, and they are running the schools like political packs. They're teaching the kids that gender doesn't matter or sex, which is the real word, but you can change it on a whim, and parents don't need to know. No reason to say anything to mom and dad about this. We'll just start transitioning you. They bring in, at Austin, they bus the kids to, to gay pride parades in downtown Austin. They bring in drag queens. This is stuff... That should not be in our schools. And the sex manuals, which I know you've written about, the pornographic 
LGBTQ sex manuals that are in most of the school libraries are despicable. Meanwhile, Luann, how are the reading scores? Exactly. That's what exactly where I was going to go. We had the TEA release two reports back at the end of 2023, and half or more of Texas third through eighth graders are below grade level standards. And every time one of these things come out, I go through and I do an analysis. Bell County has, oh, about, I don't know, um, I think it's almost 20 school districts when you realize that some of them are over on the west side and it's just the tiniest piece of of the school Mm -hmm. district. But as far as I'm concerned, I look at that we have seven major school districts of which, you know, all of them are in Bell County. Academy, Belton, Coppers Cove, Colleen, Salado, Temple, and Troy. And of those, they follow the state pattern of third to eighth graders that, you know, more than half or more are below, um, are below, reading level. In fact, in Belton, uh, third through eighth graders reading and math in 2023, it's 35%. In Copper's Cove, 40%. In Colleen, 29%. In Temple, 43%. You don't happen to have Austin. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. In Temple, it's 32%. It's Troy that has 43%. I don't know if you have Austin, but I can't imagine that it would look very good. People are, are leaving that school district. And the craziest thing is that uh, Fort Worth seems to be changing a little bit. I don't know if you've seen some of the latest stuff. Remember when Kent Scribner was the school superintendent there? Uh, Fort Worth was the most liberal school district in the state. He's been gone a year or two now, and that district's turned around a little bit, and I hope that's a trend. Uh, We've got to get our schools back to the goal of bringing kids in and teaching them something that they can use, not about uh, anti-racism, not diversity, equity, and inclusion, which none of those three things are defined as the word used to mean anymore. How about teaching them to read? How about teaching them the classics? How about teaching them that the content of your character is what counts? I don't understand the schools anymore. I think they have not. I don't think they're useless. Uh, I think they're no. I think no. I think no. I think they're beyond. I think they're beyond useless. I think they're teaching kids things that are not true. Have you seen the kids, uh, uh, the the opinions and the thoughts of the kids on actual college campuses when the cable networks go out and do their student on the street? And and the anti-Semitism that just bubbles up from these college campuses? No. Oh, I think we're doing that at our secondary schools, too. Oh, well, that's that's where it's starting. And that's why it's so important that we have options. And it's not like this is some revolutionary thing that, oh, no one's ever thought about it. There are like 30 states. We are actually behind the curve. That's part of why this this issue is getting attention here in te- in Texas because where Texas likes to position itself as often one of the you know leading states in the country, the ones that are trendsetters We're that Bella. are paving the way. Yes, that's not the case here. We are so behind the curve of like thirty other states, and those states, they're about you know the nature of choice is that it is not one size fits all. And different approaches, different structures will work differently in different states as they will within different districts as they do for different kids. 
And I mean, I have I have made the, the point so many times that, you know, it appears at this point, the public education industry here in Texas, they more fear the future success that school choice could bring rather than the current failure with which right now they are saddling their students. And when an industry wants to tell me, oh, we so care about the kids. I'm sorry. I no longer believe that. Once upon a time, I would have given them the benefit You're of the doubt. You're telling me it's but not for the this, children? Having followed this issue for nearly 20 years, I no longer believe that. It is about the control. It is about their authoritarian impulses are off the charts now. And that's what we're seeing in this election. But, you know, I've tried in my posts on Facebook and X and on WB Daily and you're on Substack now. uh, I've tried when I mention this to keep it from being personal. I have not gone on and said Hugh Shine is a bad person. I've never done that. I've always said he and I have been longtime friends. There was at first one thing that made me decide to vote for somebody else. And that one thing was school choice. I don't understand anybody who can call the, call himself a Republican or a conservative. It makes no sense to not be for school choice, given the sorry state of affairs that our schools are in right now. Now I have two reasons to vote against Mr. Shine. One is the school choice, of course. The other is his advertising. And I am, I am an old man now, and I've been through a few campaigns, And I've never seen such disgusting, despicable, untrue, personal ads that have no relationship to the issues. And I'm going to ask you, are the days gone when these two candidates could get together, maybe in the meeting room at some school or the library or wherever, and talk about school choice with some comity and with some respect for each other, and let us vote on who has the better plan. Are those days gone? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I would like to say, oh, no, they still exist, but there seems to be a reticence in that happening. And unfortunately, what really bothers me is that We have seen in the political landscape over the last, certainly over the last five years, that if you can't win on the issue. You got to tear the other person apart. Yes. And so it's a matter of, yeah, if substance won't carry the day, then we'll go, we'll try and win by style. And if style means, as I said in one of my my articles recently, Texas, our Democratic-led public education system, because it is democratic dominated it's democratic run i I, yes. I don't know of any place that isn't of an industry that in which you have such partisanship so clearly on the display. only the only other one you can think of is the media yeah true, true. I, and i'll but tell anyway, you what i said though that i said that they have a big challenge this primary cycle and that challenge is maintaining their dominance their control their authority over the public education system and if And if dealing with that, if overcoming it requires hook or crook, crook seems to be the form of which they're willing to take. And crook in terms of of 
perhaps having Democrats cross over and vote in the Republican primaries. Oh, yeah. But now we're also seeing crook in the form of all this electioneering that's going on. It's something that's been building over the last years. We have seen a lot of electioneering or near election, you know, flirting with the flirting with going over the, the boundaries of illegality with these bond elections, because God only knows the school districts are the paramount uh, pursuers of the bond elections taking on more public debt on behalf of their taxpayers. And stupidly, people do go vote for these things over and over again. But we've seen electioneering or near electioneering with the bond elections. Now we're moving into the same thing here in these elections, especially the high stakes contentious races like what we have here in, in Bell County. I want to make one more reference to the negative ads and then let's move into the electioneering. But uh, uh, working in radio and doing a morning show in Austin and having television there, I'm quite aware of the Ellen Troxclair race, which is down in the uh, Lakeway, Fredericksburg area. Ellen Troxclair. Uh, like Hillary Hicklin, is a very attractive young woman physically. She's 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 very nice person uh, from a personal standpoint. She knows her stuff from a political standpoint, and she's very conservative. So what do they do? They have to attack her personally. And the reason I mention her attractiveness, you would never know it from the ads. They find the worst. Most unflattering photo they can find, and Hugh Shine is doing this as well. They all do it. And I want to say a word about consultants. This is where some of this arises. I think some of these candidates would be appalled to do this on their own, but the consultants sit them down and say, We've got to increase the negatives on your opponent. And they do that by such things as Shine's consultant coming in and wanting to say that Hillary Hillary Hicklin has moved here from some other part of the country when she's a, what, ninth-generation Texan? Right. Uh, well, that, they that when she looks in the mirror, she sees Hillary Clinton. Would you give me a break? Hugh, if you happen to be listening to this, that's despicable. You're better than that, or maybe you're not, because you're letting your consultant do that and bad on you. And even if you win this election... You got. You need to go take a bath after this is over. I, I'm tired of the mudslinging. I don't want to see it anymore. I want to know what Hugh Shine would do with regard to school choice. It's virtually my only issue now. I think Abbott's got the border under control as much as he can as far as a political issue. The school choice is my issue. And even if Hugh Shine were to win and change his mind and be for school choice, he's been tainted by this god-awful uh, race that he has run. It's too negative. It's in the gutter. It's despicable. Well, the the moving here recently is such a disingenuous argument because, and the Hillary thing, the correlation there is that they're saying that Hillary moved here from New York. Actually, she lived in New York some years ago when her husband was doing a residency. She lived there for a year. We live in a medical community that that has a lot of doctors here. I would imagine that a lot of those people traveled around and lived in certain cities for a year while they were doing different phases of their medical training. 
But that's where the New York comes from. <laughs> and then the idea of the two Hillarys and comparing her to Hillary Clinton. I mean, to me, that's just kind of a, a low-hanging fruit type thing. Um, oh, yeah. So, some consultant was real proud of himself. Yeah. Now, there, here's an ad against Hugh Shine. It, it, uh, it's for Hillary Hicklin, and it's by the AFC Victory Fund. And they just uh, kind of went that way, too. They've got a picture of Hugh Shine, and in the mirror... There's Beto O'Rourke, and I, I, I hadn't seen this one until long after the Hillary Hicklin, Hillary Clinton thing came out. But, uh, you know, sticking to the issues just seems so quaint, I guess. All right, let's go to electioneering. You had a piece on Substack, and you'll excuse me if I refer to your article by a certain word. Uh, it was journalistic. Not only did you make claims, but you had all the paperwork. You scanned it. You put it in the article. It's there for everybody to see. Photos of the electioneering. Um, it, it, Texas code on it. Everything. How did you think the local media did in following up on that story, which you broke? Um, I think they felt obligated to do something. And they also, the fact that complaints have been filed with the Texas Ethics Commission and the Bell, Bell County, County District, District Attorney's, Attorney's Office. Office. Was that part about and the, was that part of that in the story that was in the local paper, the Temple Daily Telegram? Uh, no, all they did was, um, they did have something about the... AG's office, which I believe is now looking looking into it, but they had some kind of quote from the AG's office, but they didn't really, um, basically they just uh, used a, they quoted a ex-posting from Hicklin, and then they had, they talked to Shine, and, you know, he told them that his campaign staff checked with local school districts, which I'm not sure who who did they check with with the local school districts. And that would be the spokesman, the highly paid spokesman who's there to protect the district. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, did that person really have the legal background to be saying, oh, yes or no, that that's that's what we should do. But um, then he also said they followed the state statutes outlined in Texas Election Code 255-031 that permits the procedure for the distribution of political advertising through the internal mail system, which I don't know. I mean, I've kind of done some reading on 255 as well, and my reading of it says that um, any officer or employee of a state agency or political subdivision, which would be a school district, may not knowingly use or authorize the use of an internal mail system for distribution of political advertising. That They're not supposed to do that. Ah, but you go on to the next subsection, and it says that it does not apply, however to the use of an internal mail system to distribute political advertising that is delivered to the premises of a state agency or political subdivision through the United States Postal Service. Now, 
why that would be in the law to me, I mean, just the most what? elementary sounds like, uh, so the swamps telling the swamp that, well, it's okay to do this kind of unethical thing, but if you use one of our other swamp partners, the Postal Service, it's okay. Well, the hardest place in the world to get an ethics bill through would be Washington. The second hardest would be Austin. They don't want their hands tied on anything. But do you... But but let me finish. Well, well, are you saying that uh, there's a loophole here for him? Well, there's, there's there's a twist. And that, yes, this would suggest that there could be a loophole that if you sent the materials to a school via the postal service... Through the mail. Through the mail that that could be a loophole that you could claim legitimacy for your action. The only problem is per the envelope that was received at Chisholm Trail Elementary. Was there any postage on it? No. And incidentally, this was these materials were originally sent to Brad Johnson, who I believe works for the Texan, and he posted them on X. So to give that attribution that Brad was the one yes. who initially received the the tip off of this. But the envelope was included, and it fu- it very clearly shows, in fact, the tracking number is available, that it was sent via UPS ground. So I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. We even went to public school, but it, when it says that the subsection precluding a district from using the internal mail system... That that section does not apply, so it would consequently allow them to do that if it came through the mail. But this particular package that we have here, anyway, did not come through the mail. It came through UPS. So that would then seem to negate this exception, and therefore, then my question becomes: What are the consequences? Do they throw your? Do they throw out the election, and you have to do it over because the election's been tampered with? Um, it's it's a it's a misdemeanor. I mean, it, it's uh, so a couple of nights in jail or what? I mean that. that I mean, I'm, I know you mean. I'm not trying to right, put you on right, the spot. Right, right, no, no. But no, my point and, is that so many politicians. I'll, I'll use Joe Biden as a perfect example with this Robert Hur investigation. He came out and basically said he's too feeble to stand trial. He doesn't have any brain power. He didn't, no, no trial. Remember the when Hillary Clinton had the illegal server. Well, no prosecutor uh, would would take this case because it was it wasn't that she was mean or doing anything wrong. It was that she was totally completely incompetent, and Hillary just jumped on that. Yes, I was incompetent, and I I wiped my computer clean with a cloth. At what point? Does the law have teeth in it? it? It just doesn't appear that it ever does if it's a left winger. And in, in this case, as you say, uh, Hugh Shine, according to the stats, is as close as a Republican gets to being a Democrat. Absolutely. And the other thing, the other piece of this is, I mean, this letter goes through and it starts out, your vote in the upcoming Republican primary is crucial for public education and the future of the teacher retirement center system, which I love that one because the teacher retirement system is so heavily involved, invested in China and on Hughes Watch and a lot of other people that are running for office 
where have you been on that? You know, mm-hmm. you're talking about the future of the teacher retirement system. Well, baby, you've helped get it there in trouble with not having done anything to let those jackals that run that system go and invest in China because they've so overpromised and underdelivered on results. And that pension system has issues not as bad as some throughout the, the state. But go to my Substack. There's an article from back in December that talks about who's at risk in those retirement systems. So I invite you to go take a look at that to learn a little bit more about that issue. But it goes through and it talks about all these things that, that um, you know, he has done and that voting against the $7 billion voucher program, which it was actually an education savings account. So um, I don't know that many of you people who through your, your health care or through your employer, you have an opportunity for medical savings accounts. I don't know that you think of those as medical vouchers. Um, it's more of a, a, a vehicle for redirecting money. But anyway, um, he says that because he knew it would negatively impact public school funding, raise your property taxes, and make the teacher retirement system actuarially unsound. I'd be interested in, in exactly how that works, but um, he goes on and then talks about, you know, being targeted by the anti-public school pro-voucher primary opponent and these type of things and the out-of-state people. And, um, of course, this is the gentleman who just recently was received out-of-state money from the, well, it's the Texas Sands Pack, but that's an offshoot of the Sands Pack out of Las Vegas, Nevada, that is seeking gaming um favorable gaming legislation but anyway he goes on and at a point he closes saying you can prevent that from happening you in all caps must go vote and vote in the republican primary election q republican primary election even if you're a democrat you right. can vote in the republican primary election vote to protect public education vote for me hugh shine so i can continue to defend our teachers and schools and the Texas House. Now, another thing that's been brought up with regard to them, to this, is there's something, there's a little something in Texas code called coercion of a public servant or voter. And, you know, if a if by means someone in, influences or attempts to influence a public service in the specific exercise of his official power or a specific, specific performance of his official duty or influences to attempt or attempts to influence a voter not to vote or to vote in a particular manner. And certainly, I think it's fair to wonder if upon uh, receiving this letter, a teacher receiving this letter, might that teacher feel pressured, you know, considering that it's authored by their elected House representative saying, vote for me, you know, here's my name. Vote for me. Go vote in that Republican primary. I know you might be a Democrat, but go vote in that Republican primary. And also, by virtue of that letter being distributed through a school district, do you not consider that it also is ostensibly sanctioned by the school district superintendent? You mean the, wait, wait, the superintendent of the year, please? Get, get well, it. in some cases, Throw yes. that in. Yes. Yeah, um... That's all very true. I want to go to one other topic here before we wrap it up, and I think this is very important. Um, Charles Butt, who is the 
head of the big H-E-B food chain. A billionaire? No, he's a billionaire. Just in the last few days has given $1.3 million to Republican candidates who are against school choice. Uh, Charles Butt, whenever you go to H-E-B and buy food, just keep this in the back of your head. He does not like vouchers, although he accepts them at H-E-B. Go in with some food stamps and he will take them. Those are government vouchers. H-E-B is just fine with taking them when it's to buy food, but they don't want you to be able to have any way to go get school choice. I shop at H-E-B. I think it's a good store. I think their produce is the freshest uh, in town, uh, and I'm in Austin during the week. But I, I feel odd, and I feel strange walking into there knowing that it's 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 a it, H-E-B food stores has become a political organization that is fighting against my beliefs and my values. So... He's also behind Raise Your Hand, Texas. Exactly. Again, when you come back here and you look at these scores, half or more of Texas third through eighth graders are below grade level standards. And then you have the Charles Butts of the world. You have the Raise Your Hand, Texas of the world. You have the Hugh Shines and other Republican legislators, the 21 who helped neuter basically the education savings accounts. They are so fighting for the public education system because what is half or more not enough of third through eighth graders who are below grade standards? Are we going to try and take that up to three quarters or more? I mean, what is the end goal? You're not succeeding Yet at the same time, you were so defensive about this industry. It's at a point, it's what is your end game here? Because taking students to higher levels of academic success doesn't seem to be part of the equation. So what is it that you people are trying to accomplish? Is it to indoctrinate generations of students because that would seem to be the dumbing down of a society is that what we're looking at that would seem to be the case and the aggression with which that effort is being done to your point about charles butt yes raise your hand texas he was a he helped he helped found that organization it's a left leftist activist organization And they have long been advocates of public schools and against any kind of school, rabidly against any kind of school. And one of the one of the larger school districts in Hugh Shines district was was selected by Raise Your Hand Texas for a pilot program to turn school superintendents into open political activists, school superintendents and school boards. Yes. And yes, so but but also along with that, I just recently yesterday put up a story talking about how Raise Your Hand Texas in addition to having and actually Temple Independent School District will be in the second group of school districts. They do about 8 districts at a time. Temple ISD is now one of seven or eight in the second class of these school districts that go through this this multi-month training training program but they also 
raise your hand, Texas, evidently from what I've, I've been told recently by someone who attended one of these one of these training sessions, they will go around and do little mini workshops with school boards throughout the state. And a handout from one of those um, featured three categories of electoral activism, electoral engagement, issue development and campaigns, and effective communications. The electoral engagement was the one that kind of was real eye-catching because under that it had a, a category of how to activate. The first point that that has is track and report on staff member voting rates. And so this is Raise Your Hand Texas coaching school administrators and school board members that they need to track their employees' voting rates. So that brings us back to... Kind of like Russia. Exactly. That brings us back now to this electioneering going on and like sending out letters that could be construed as pressuring teachers to go vote. And then you also have the schools over here watching. I mean, they're going to they're going to be tracking these people to what end? Who's going to do the tracking? Who does the reporting? And Who's going to ta- are, are are people going to take action on that report? Well, would the Bell What's County the DA or- Henry Garza is he the guy that should uh, step up and file charges against the Shine campaign? If assuming that this is against the law, I I mean you complaint, you went through you went through has the been filed. you went through the three the three steps here. Number one, it can be illegal under certain circumstances. Number two, maybe not if it goes through the mail. Number three, this one didn't go through the mail. All right. I mean, that seems to me pretty black and white. Right. Uh, Is our district attorney who is in a retirement mode, uh, he doesn't have to worry about reelection anymore. To be determined. To be determined. Will the local media run the story in a complete manner? That's a no. And not even run run the story, but work to not suppress the story. I found it very interesting this morning, and I did leave my tinfoil hat at home, but I found it very interesting this morning that when the Telegram did finally write about this issue, they send out every every morning, about 5 o'clock, they send out an email that has their featured stories and has a link to the latest um, Online edition. edition. Yeah. Yes. This morning that came out at 5.03. It did not have the Shine story as one of the featured stories. Now, we could talk about the Democrats over in Colleen getting kicked out of their headquarters for failure to pay, yes, rent. pay the rent. Yes. But here we have one of the most high profile races in the state. I think in the nation. Potentially in the nation, it's brought the governor here three times. Remember, it's in the Wall Street Journal this twice, one. and that and this is the second time yeah. that Hillary Hicklin has been mentioned in the Wall Street Journal with related to this race. But anyway, the the link to the edition that came out with the five o'clock Temple Daily Telegram email linked to yesterday's edition, and they didn't correct that until when eight o three. The first one mm. came out 5.03. The second one came out 8.03. Interesting. Which, for people like you and I who have done a lot of posting on websites, we know those kinds of things can be programmed, can be scheduled, posts can be scheduled to distribute. And 
the fact that it was those two times makes me wonder that that second one wasn't set up to distribute three hours later exactly on that 03 mark but it did conveniently now have the corrected link to the paper well one but one would hope that that was not intentional because that's 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 what i would call cnnism if it is well i you know sleazy or sloppy i don't know but suppression is an issue in the in the it is all right i'm just going to end my part of this by giving you three bullet points that i would do if somebody died and made me king of the schools in texas number one there would be no more school superintendents i would abolish the post i've written on this extensively i believe the schools don't need educrats running them they need managers running them the manager would be hired by the school board the school board would be a board of trustees that that uh, like a city council managing the city manager and we would need somebody from outside the education bureaucracy somebody that has run a big outfit and run it successfully number two unless your child speaks english fluently you would not be allowed in public schools until you can do the remedial english that's the reason that our test scores are so low it's a language barrier and we need to have All classes taught in English except foreign language classes. Teaching math in Spanish and Chinese and Russian and Swahili does not make any sense to me. The third thing I would do, paid spokesmen for the schools. They now have departments in some governments, depending on what school, what county, what uh, college, whatever. These are people who are not not there to disseminate the news regardless of what it is about the school system they're there to make the schools look good and we're paying for them so those would be three major changes and i just want to encourage people when you're trying to make a decision here i i didn't go in to vote against hugh shine i went to vote for school choice that's my issue right now i mean obviously the border but that's more of a national thing my issue is school choice because I see the country going to hell in a handbasket, and I think schools are the reason. Schools have lost their mission. Schools are now for schools. They need to think about the students. They need to think about the parents, and they need to think about the taxpayers. And those are three three areas that don't seem to fit into Charles Butt's idea of making the schools in his own image. And that's what we need to do. Our schools need to be there to teach kids, teach them truthfully, teach them American history, Texas history, Western civilization, computer science in today's world. But uh, the DEI and all the crap, the drag queens that are in the school today, the pornography, it's got to go. And I would say when we talk about education freedom, there's a lot of buzzwords that are thrown about, education freedom being one of them. Empowering parents is a term that we talk about. The fact that parents should have the ability to direct, to choose and direct the best course of educational course for their children. Something that I think gets lost along the way is we need to empower teachers. Oh, I'm critical of the public school system. I'm critical of teachers oftentimes. But that said, please know, I do not believe that all teachers are bad 
that all teachers are uncaring. I know there are people out there that every day get up and go, and some of the things they have to deal with in classes are atrocious. And I mean, and today, it's far different than it was 30, 40 years ago. And my heart and my respect goes to some of the people that go in there who I do believe are acting with the utmost of good faith, the utmost of good intentions, trying to do right by these kids. To those people, I would appeal and say, you need to be empowered, but empowerment starts with yourself. Well, I do, The education industry, part of what I so despise about the public education system industry is that it is so I mean I talk about that you know the authoritarian impulses that it just doesn't control but also there is this like bureaucratic loyalty fealty that you must have to the bureaucracy to the administration and what I would say to free thinking teachers is take a look at this And be bold, be courageous. You can help fix the problem by coming in here. And frankly, with school choice, don't fall for the fallacy of what things like that letter from Hugh Shine and the things that the Texas Association of Teachers and all of these organizations are sending out. School choice offers opportunity not just for children. School choice offers opportunities for teachers. Those jobs are not going to go away. They could end up, school choice could bring a reconfiguration, a restructuring of the education industry. Would that not be exciting rather than be in this school where all of these kids are failing? Wouldn't it be exciting to be able to go to a school that is looking to actually try and have kids that succeed and being part of that equation? And so the competition... Embrace the competition. Go see how you can be a part of it to help improve education, be it public or private. That's what I would say to teachers. And think long and hard about your vote when they're saying, when they're trying to bully you. You know, and schools love to talk about bully. Oh, bullying is so bad. Well, these school administrators and their, you know, other counterparts in, in, in politics they're some of the biggest bullies they are. Stand up to that bully. Really think about your kids and go and vote what you think can help affect outcomes. And right now, remember that public schools don't seem to be fitting that bill. Cannot, cannot agree more. The, 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 there are a lot of good teachers out there. There are a lot that believe they're stuck in a system where they're not, they're not enabled to and say anything. And empowerment starts with yourself. And they cannot keep discipline in the classroom because of race issues. And I don't care what kid acts up in class, race should not be a part of the discipline. Race and then all the cultural things, too, that are coming. Absolutely. There's there's so many, you know, the trans, the so many, you know, mental health issues. I mean, there's just they're they're being hit on all sides. All right. Well, let's just say school choices on the ballot. You can look at the negative advertising, the gutter advertising that has come out uh, from any side that it is i deplore it i think that this ought to be on the basis of of the the issues let's let's get out there and put somebody in that will bring some positive change to these schools all right Lou Ann anderson political pursuits the podcast tell people where they can find your columns i am political pursuits on substack 
and I encourage you to come take a look. We've got a lot of interesting comment content up there, and it's not, it's not going to slow down anytime soon. I also um, would just say that please remember voting is Tuesday, March 5th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Look at your local county voting uh, webpage to find out your locations. And I would just close by saying courage is contagious. Please, please go out and spread some around. All right. And I'm Lynn Woolley. I'm the pilot of the podcast on uh, on uh, Planet Logic, uh, which is planetlogic.us. Uh, my columns are up at wbdaily.com. Uh, and you can catch me Monday through Friday on Talk 1370 in Austin. That's from 7 until 9 on the Cardle and Woolly Show. That's my partner, Jim Cardle. And, uh, gosh, we're out there trying to fight the good fight, and it, it needs to be done in today's America, in today's Texas, and with the Bellstocracy. All right, be logical, everybody. We'll see you next time.